listening to the Pants Are Optional podcast. And now, your hosts, Mike and Sean. What a week. What a week. What a month. What a year. I think it's been three since I did a podcast, and I am so happy to have you back into your beloved ear holes. You know you missed me, and I sure as hell missed you. My name's Mike, and I am not wearing pants. My name is Bleep, and I might be wearing pants. Ooh, and that's because? Pants, pants are optional. are mandatory. Ooh, that's a real bad start. Not only did we miss, but you did say it wrong. And so as a special guest co-host, I got to say, rough start. But you know what? We're going to try to earn it back. As you can hear through your eardrums, yes, we have a special guest today. And I don't want to ruin the surprise because we have so much fun for you upcoming in the next six and a half hours of what is sure to be a legendary podcast. We cover a lot of different stuff. So why don't you uh, give us a quick hint of uh, you know some, some topics that might come up, uh, Mr. Censored Name. Mm, Van Schnapp. What? Didn't you ever learn that in, in science class? Mm, Van Schnapp? I've never heard that. What is that? It's the uh, acronym for the planets, starting with the shortest distance towards the sun to the farthest distance to the sun. That is the weirdest shit I've ever heard. So, first of all, I always heard it as like my very excellent mother. To the whole for the planets, and also, I mean, so were you just saying we're just going to talk about the solar system? Because honestly, my listeners are sick of hearing about space. So, is that where we're going? I mean, so like, think about it. You said my very excellent mother, Venshnup, right? Mars, Venus, Earth, Neptune. Mercury. But I forgive you. Ne- yeah. Neptune's way out there. Same thing. <laughs> so yeah. just like. Our foreshadowing for our later discussion, agree to disagree. <laughs> We're going to cover a lot of stuff. I don't know if we get into space because, honestly, I've gotten more hate mail and more death threats than I ever thought Panzer Optional could get because I always turn this pod into space. I'm going to do my best to, to stay be away fair, from that. To be fair, you've never had death threats or hate mail because no one listens to it. Uh, first of all, it's been well-documented with scientific proof that over 12 people listen and that's rounding down. So fuck off. Secondly, you're doing a really shit job at um, being a guest host. I, I don't feel the love. And um, I guess actually that means you're doing really good because Sean just shit. Sean shits on me all the time too. What's up with that? Should I fire the guy? Correction. I did have sex with Katie. <laughs> Oh my god! And this is fun because we record the uh, intro at the end because we already know what we talk about, and you're foreshadowing a lot of different stuff. Man, um, we definitely talk about Sean's wife in great detail. Um, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about it. we have some agree to disagree. You know what we didn't talk a lot about? Football, and I think our listeners are gonna appreciate that. So, um, with that. Should we kick it over to your interview? I think that the people are waiting to hear you say more than just the solar system acronym. I think they're waiting to hear who the hell is this guy? 
What is he doing on pants or optional? And maybe can we figure out using context clues who this man is? So are you ready for your first ever pants or optional interview? I guess so. Interview of the week brought to you by the gluten-free taste buds. Ladies, gentlemen, Chatech, PPLers, and non-PPLers around the entire planet. Boy, do I have a huge surprise for you today. You may or may not know my next guest, but you have heard of him. He's a legend amongst men. He has a beautiful mane that can only be described as golden and glorious. And I haven't seen him for a, a couple years, but I'm assuming he's still beautiful. Um, but you know what? I think I'm going to do something different. I'm not going to say his name. Um, the first listener to text me who you think this interviewee is will get a signed headshot of Sean Newport sent to your mailbox. He doesn't know about that yet. So let's do, is that cool? Mystery? You just want to stay anonymous and they have to figure out who you are? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, they probably already know who you are after you just said that. But, you know, the, the mystery remains. Um, the first question is, how the hell are you? And are you wearing pants? Oh, that's right. I forgot you guys do this weird pants thing. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm doing well. Uh, uh, you gave me way too legendary of an introduction I can't live up to that hype. I know that. Uh, but I am, do shorts count as pants? That's, you know what? That's what this debate's about. Actually, today we're just going to talk about just shorts counts as pants. So for the next three hours, tighten up. That's the discussion coming up. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, it depends on how technical you're going. Because I, I guess I want to let the listeners know that I'm not sitting in my chair naked below my pelvis uh, mm. but but technically not pants so and that's, clothe, yeah, no that's pants. what this podcast that's what the, the, that's what this podcast is all about i'm wearing sweat pants actually these might be seton hill pants seton hill soccer pants do you still have i mean i'm not saying who you are but maybe you did or maybe you didn't go to a college do you still own any paraphernalia oh yeah definitely you always got to keep that in the memory bank is it special that we still fit into it or is it just super tight and we don't know it because we're old now? I would, I think it's a combination. I don't, I don't think we still fit as well as we used to, but they're all elastic material. So That's true. it kind of conforms to our growing physical stature. And honestly, I have to say that I respect you for doing the podcast because you guys are tackling the big issues in the world. <laughs> Like, do we still fit into our college attire <laughs> and our shorts pants? You know what? There's nothing off limits and there's no place I will go. And, you know, we can we can tiptoe around the important topics, but let's dive right into why I have you on the podcast. There is no surprise that you've had one hell of a year, one hell of a week, and one goddamn hell of a life. So what do you want to start with? I mean, you did a horrible thing a couple months ago. You had a great week upcoming. Um, really happy for you. You know, you were sending me Harbaugh gifs, which, by the way, is illegal, but I'm still happy for you. I have a feeling you can take this moment to really express the insanity that was the, the last, uh, let's call it five days. So you're talking about college football, I'm assuming? 
Oh, no, I was talking about you just streaking down the quad into the gymnasium. Yes, college football. Well, because you you were vague enough that I was like, you know, I probably have had a terrible week two weeks ago. But then I was like, what what happened this past week that made it so awesome? I did. Uh, did. You you were you said a Jeff of Harbaugh, um, huge Michigan fan, lifelong I believe. Is it lifelong? Because you didn't grow up in Michigan, right? Or you weren't born in Michigan. You you gave me this big long speech about how you miss me, and then you don't even know where I'm from. I don't know. I th- you know what? I'm I'll from know Michigan. I'll I'll know more about you. <laughs> I'm from Michigan. Are you born in Michigan and moved to like? Yeah, Can- I was. Uh, I I grew up in Michigan until I was like eighteen. And then I think that you were like for a while. Huh? Why did I think that you lived in like New England for a while or Connecticut or something? Uh, So my parents moved to Rhode Island when I went to college. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so Michigan, tell me about Michigan. The state or the football team? My God, this is gonna be the worst interview ever. I don't know. Just talk. There's 12 people listening. Who cares? Oh, well, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know how little you want. Uh, so I would say the state of Michigan is completely uh, underappreciated. And here's why. Because when you think of Michigan, you think of Detroit. And when you think of Detroit, you think of either A, like blue collar assembly car line, which was like cool back in like 1920, or B, you think of Detroit and getting murdered. Correct. You're you're spot on so far. So you have that. And no one's ever like, hey, let's just go check out Detroit. On top of that, we have like the worst professional football team of all time. So you're never like, hey, I want to go check out the Detroit Lions play. Um, I so did, first that. of all. But okay. No, I agree oh, with right. you. I yeah, did because I went with Steelers. you. I, I didn't true. even go to that game. Oh, you weren't invited. Sorry. You just made uh, things up. Uh, Oliver almost this isn't even got, factually all, accurate. Speaking of Detroit, almost Oliver almost got into a fist fight with the guy behind us at that game. So wow! Big now soccer. it's Oliver. So I'm not blaming Detroit for that one. I will gladly put Oliver on that one. And I it think was that you're right because like the guy put the wrong condiments on his hot dog or something. <laughs> it was like, and you know what was the funny part? I still remember this. I don't know why. It was because they were fighting about Chicago's nickname. It was like this argument about the Windy City and the history of why it's called the Windy City. And Oliver just wanted to have none of it and just got up and just like try, like took a swing. And it was a uh, time, man. Have, <laughs> have you ever gotten a fist fight at Detroit? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a badge that you get to wear if you have. Actually, now that you bring it up, because I remember you guys all went, we all went up to Michigan together because you guys were going to the game. And we were all at Michigan State the same weekend. But you guys okay. went to a different group than we did. Okay. And it's funny because that weekend, our like group of friends all got in like, a large fight with like a frat house. <laughs> and like it's funny to say because it was like started with we were walking to the bar and some random dude ran across the street and punched my best friend. <laughs> and then we went back to our house. And then we said, hey, we need to go do something about it. And then it was like literally like 15 or 20 guys on each side. Oh, this was like conspiratorial. Like we're going to talk about yeah. it. It's not, it's not going to be. Now, was the first punch, 
do we know why was it like a he fucked she fucked type thing no it was like legitimately we're just walking and some random guy like sprinted across the street and like punched my buddy and then it it, like honestly it was like the scene from anchorman you know like when everyone (laughs) gets together and i was like really dumb but i remember it taking place so anyway that happened the same weekend you guys were there but i also have to go back to oliver because i'm surprised i guess at the topic that he he wanted to fight about but after hearing it i'm not shocked it just seems accurate that oliver would fight about that i know he's an avid listener he's probably our number one fan he's definitely our number one critic after every podcast he he texted me constructive criticism and notes of what we did wrong. I love it. I seriously love it. So he's going to listen to this, and I hope he's okay with me talking openly about him. And I, I I refrained from calling him out about the dumbest thing he's ever done in his life a couple pods ago. And he was like, dude, I thought you were going to bring it up. I was like, you know, f- for your privacy, I didn't. But this one I think that he's going to be open about. I think he's okay with. You got to remember, he was a – and wow, has his life turned. He was a history teacher major. At the time, he went to college for history and teaching, and now he slangs stories. And so it was very dear to his heart about, like, you know, the origin of Chicago, which was at the time was one of his favorite cities. I have no idea why it hit home, but it was fucking hilarious. And Steelers were losing. That probably played into it. Um, what was his name? What was his name? Culpe- was it Culpepper? For, for the was for the Steelers. No, no. Was Culpepper the quarterback for the Lions for like 12 seconds? No, there was like Charlie Batch was like there for a while. The, 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 the fuck was his name? He was like a, a really well-known backup. And he actually Guy almost beat Detmer. us. We're going to have to Google this. He actually almost beat us. And he scrambled on fourth down and got sacked and, and we won. But like Oliver was on edge and I was too. But that was the first uh, – um, dome I was ever in too. I was like, this isn't football. Like, I feel like I'm just like hanging out in a high school gymnasium. Well, so that goes to my point of, so back to my original point, which is Michigan is underappreciated, but it, I will, I will stand on a hill outside of hockey town. Cause obviously hockey town, right? I mean, they need Agree. a town for our hockey. Agree. But I'll get that too. May through September, just saying, Michigan, great place. Go to Northern Michigan, Mackinac Island, the lakes, gorgeous, gorgeous place. Underrated. So you have been, you've lived a a few different places as well as Pennsylvania. I've always wondered this because people in Pennsylvania kind of just live in their own little hole. And I'm wondering what the outside perception, which you probably have a pretty good one of, you've seen both sides. What's the outside perception of PA? The the outside perception of Michigan, you're totally right. It's like Detroit and like freezing cold weathers and like getting murdered on eight. What's the, uh, what's the famous street? Eight mile. Eight mile. Um, That's what they think. What do you think people think of like Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania outside of Pennsylvania? I've always wondered this. Hmm. So, it's funny because I was a Steelers fan when I was growing up. Like I loved Jerome Bettis and like Steel Curtain and all that stuff. And then I moved to Pennsylvania for college and you guys are such a cult regarding the Steelers that I had to hate you guys. I didn't know you were a Steelers fan when you were young. 
But yeah, like because of Jerome Bettis, who's from Detroit, the bus, Cordell Stewart, like all those guys. I don't know why. I just love those guys. And I would always, when I had my Madden game, I'd always pick the Steelers to be my team. And <laughs> I moved to Pennsylvania. And like I said, you guys were so ridiculous about rooting for the Steelers that I was like, I have to hate these people. <laughs> and here's a story when I recognize it is we had to do, it was the fall of freshman year. And we had to do a group project for like one of those liberal arts classes that we had to take. It was like religion or something. Classic. Um, there, there was a forced religion class freshman year. I'll never forget it. Right. I think it was that one. And we had to do a group project. And of course we procrastinated. It was due like Monday. And so I, I like sent a message to the group and I was like, Hey, let's just get together for an hour on Sunday. And like, let's crank this out. And the dude in my class, like, responded back, like, no joke, dude, Steelers Sunday can't meet. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, no, Steelers Sunday can't meet. I was like, you can't do, like, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.? Like, the game doesn't start till like, 1. And he's like, no, Steelers Sunday can't meet. Like, dead, <laughs> dead face. Uh, ridiculous. I've heard those stories. That, that's very normal for us, right? And I don't want to be, like, exclusive you know like pretentious I, I think there's other places like this too i think i always bring up green bay um as like very culty fans as well but i had a uh i had a co-worker that was from new england huge pagers fan and he was like listen man like pagers fans are legit they're real they're energetic they're excited but i came down here i went to a grocery store and the note on the front door said closed for Steelers playoff game. He's like, I've never in my life thought that that was a thing. You guys closed an entire store down just because they knew no one was going to be out and that the, the uh, employees didn't want to go. Now I think that changed, right? Like, I don't think it's that crazy anymore. I think that like, am I wrong that sports like f- fanatics are on their way down for whatever reason, or is it just Pittsburgh? Uh, like you're saying, it's decreasing in in numbers of people like being that diehard, that diehard, that crazy. Maybe it's because I'm getting old, and like each game isn't the world to me like it used to be. Maybe it's because Pittsburgh sucks now, and so each game isn't that much more important. Or maybe it's just like worldwide, we're all just like, yeah, it's it's fun to go to a game, but like I'm not going to literally cry after a loss. Is that? Am I wrong? Well, there's a you got, you're opening up a large large web of different topics there. So I think it is, uh, hmm. I I would say for professional sports more than anything. I don't think college will ever change because you always have college kids there, right? College kids, college is like, I guess here's my thing is I'm completely cool with people loving a sports team or whatever. Right. And, And getting behind a team common cause, all that stuff. But I guess where I draw the line is I'm like, okay, cool. Like, so for instance, you, you talked about the Lions, right? Lions have sucked my entire life. Do I want them to do well? That's great. But like, if and when the Lions lose, other than this past Sunday, big, huge win. My prediction is we'll probably like run out the rest of the year so we can get like a number 12 to 15 draft pick instead of like number one overall. But that's just my prediction. Um, like, how do you let that ruin – your day, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
cool, it sucks, it's sad, but like to go fight someone or ruin your day, I think is like silly. Like particularly like we're adults now. Get over that. I, th- I okay. think that I, I think you're right. I think that it's now we're old and we have like mortgages. I got kids. You just got married, which I was referring to in September. Um, and so it's just like, oh, man, this is the worst. I'm in pit- like I'm in a shitty mood. Right. I'm really, really pissed. But then it's like, OK, now I got to clean the house, take the trash out and then get ready for work tomorrow. I don't know. Like before, I think we could we had the freedom to sulk or the freedom to go crazy at wins. I kind of missed that, though, man. I that freedom. I, got, I don't think I ever got like that down about it like yeah it sucked but like i didn't let it ruin my day i guess all right that, that, so coming back to my my issue with steelers fans is you guys are the worst people about that <laughs> like one week you guys be like oh ben roethlisberger jesus reincarnated blah, blah, blah. next week you'd be like oh my god ben roethlisberger <laughs> get him off the team like you, you guys are like the most bipolar fans on earth Dude, you're so right. Dude, you're so right. Um, there's someone named Pratt listening right now, and you're preaching to the choir because he's the only non-Steeler fan in the other fantasy league, and in, in this fantasy league, I guess is the one I'm talking about. And um, he sees it, right? And like sometimes we embellish, and sometimes we're joking, and sometimes we're actually not. And uh, yeah, we lost by 748 points to the Bengals, and we're like, great, tank, get rid of Ben, get rid of Tomlin, get rid of every single coach, every single scout, every assistant manager that's ever looked if, if, if someone's looked at Heinz field in the past year fire them let's start over again let's tank and then last game we somehow beat the ravens and everyone's like super bowl immediately my friend was like dude why do i think we're gonna win the super bowl again <laughs> it's right it's yeah, just that's, that's you guys. it's irrational rate and i think back to your point about like how people view pennsylvania so i will give this with a a uh a carrot, which is after college, I actually actively look to stay in Pittsburgh. I actually really like Pittsburgh, the city. Interesting. Why was that? So I would say very underrated. You guys have an underrated food scene. Uh, That whole like South side downtown area is really cool. Like you got breweries and things of that nature. Um, And like, it's like you guys have essentially reinvented yourselves, right? Cause you used to be like this, you know, steel town, you know, all that stuff. And you guys have somewhat reinvented yourselves. But like the old steel town Yinzer still is at like the beating heart of Pittsburgh, which is why I think everyone thinks you guys are like the most illiterate population on earth. Mm-hmm. Like you guys say like jag off and like all that stuff. So mm-hmm, you guys don't mm-hmm. do yourself a lot of favors. Mm-hmm. I, I completely, completely agree. And part of that is weird because I kind of like that so like i'm gonna go extremes here i'm gonna go super extreme so bear with me you have you you love it you guys love that in a way sometimes it's annoying because like the people that are like the people that are actually like that bother me but like my friends my generation we get to have both sides of the coin so we get to be kind of like pretentious and upper classy and we get to go to nice restaurants wineries kind of like and you know you get a little snobby like the la folk but then you can immediately turn around and just be like louisiana trash where you're just like shirtless on the side of the road drinking iron city and both of those are acceptable so like it's really easy to fit in here like it's really easy to fit in here because there's always a class for you i think and you kind of jump around you know whatever mood you're in whether it's like you know what i'm gonna, I'm gonna dress up and go out it's like you know what i'm going out in sweatpants i'm going down to uh 
to toads and I'm just going to smoke some cigarettes with some old ladies, right? <laughs> just whatever you want. So speaking of food and speaking of Chicago, um, 2018, you traveled there to uh, Chicago and you had Luminati's with your boy, Kevin. Do you remember this? Jesus, what did you do? I did my research. Uh, Luminati's is one of two the most popular, most famous Ooh, deep dishes. Malnati's, not Illuminati. Illu- Illuminati. I've actually always said it wrong, but that was pretty bad. Lou, Mal- M-A-L-N-A-T-I, right? Malnati's. Did it live up to the hype? And did you have, remember the other one was called? Shit, what's the other one that's, that's, the, that's the rival? Did you have the other one too? I did, I did not have the other one. All right, tell me I about Malnati's. So I will say this, big pizza aficionado. Oh, yeah? And, well, love pizza. Who doesn't love pizza, though, right? I mean, but that's a rhetorical question. Like, how do you not love pizza? Yeah, and, and the reason is it can, it can be anything. The, the definition of pizza is, like, dough with stuff on it. That's it. Like, it, that's, it, that's it, it could be anything. That's the definition? I, I, just Googled it. I just Googled it right, right. after I creeped on your Got face. It. Um, it. it could be anything. Did so you, you, you Google that? Did you Google it? Oh, uh, get off. I'm, I'm canceling the interview right now. This is over. I can't <laughs> was that a hot tub time machine? Yeah, it was a hot tub time machine reference. <laughs> I love see, it. Since we're talking about Chicago and we're talking about pizza, I, I meant to ask this earlier. Didn't Oliver at one point in time think he was going to make his own pizza place? Like he was making his own dough. I'm pretty sure at your bachelor party, didn't he like bring his own dough? So I think we should turn this into just an Oliver Bash Fest. I think this is what it needs to happen. Um, but kind of. At the time, he worked at a pizza joint. And right. so he, like, had access to it. So it was like, hey, man, I can, like, and I'm sure I, I this was a while ago. He can't get fired because he works for himself now. He was like, I'll just take it from the place because he worked at a pizza joint. Uh, but, yeah, he's been talking about um, pizza for a while. And he always says that people do pizza wrong. And, uh, you know, surprise, he can do it better. And. You know what oh, I big think? Shocker! Oliver thinks someone's doing something wrong. Big <laughs> shocker there. The thing I like about Oliver is he's so open and not judgmental about other foods. He really just eats the food and he just keeps it to himself and he doesn't critique it all. What do you think about that? I I say this with I have a, a soft spot in my heart for Oliver because he's like very uh, he can be very abrasive like when he's against you in your opinion. But also in the same point in time, if you like, he's one of the very few people in this world that if you're having a debate or an argument with, if you make a point that actually makes sense, he'll be like, all right, fair, you win. And no one in the world does that, right? Like most people are like, I don't care that you proved me wrong, that two plus two is actually four and not five. Like you, you die on your soapbox, but like Oliver will actually say, okay, fair. Yeah, that's so funny, dude. I completely agree. And you're the only like, I've always said that, but I've never heard someone else kind of like say it the exact same way I've said it. I've debated that man so many times, sober, drunk, and in between everywhere, always about everything. I mean, we lived together and, you know, we went through everything together. And uh, at some point a few years ago, we, we were talking about like cancel culture. And like, I accidentally stumbled upon a good, a good argument. And all of a sudden, he just stopped me. He was like, you know what? I totally agree with you. And I was like, wait, no, that's, that's not the, how this works. You're supposed to double down. And it was no, you, cool. You fight me harder. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Tell me why I'm the idiot. And it was cool. And it showed me that I don't do it enough. And so like Michael Oliver showed me that like I need to kind of 
come down on my hill sometimes when I do know I'm wrong, but I'm just a, a hot-headed douchebag. So good for him. I agree. Yeah, no, he's good about that. So anyway, back to the pizza, right? So I will, because I, I got to go to this. Have you had Detroit-style pizza before? You tell me, man. I You took me out that night. I passed out in the middle of the yard, in the middle of the street, and I woke up in some couch somewhere. I don't know what happened. Did I have Detroit pizza that, that have night? You ever had, have you ever had Jets pizza? Mm, don't think so, no. Oh, my God. All right. So anyway, I will say, obviously, there's very different pizzas. Lou Malnati's is worth the hype. But I will tell you, like, we had, like, two slices, and I was in a coma. Oh, yeah, they like, are pies. They are thick pies. Yeah, it's like a butter-soaked pie crust. Correct. They are. Yes. Delicious. But Detroit sells like in between. And it's now starting to make a comeback, which is actually funny where my wife and I moved in North Carolina. It's a small little town. And guess what? The only like real bar in town is a Michigan Detroit Lions bar that serves Detroit South Pizza. <laughs> like, you That's incredible. That's incredible. That story. But I will tell you that got me in really big trouble was New York, New Jersey. Like you can get a slice of pizza on demand. Every like, like there's three pizza shops per like every two blocks. It's, it's that amazing. much for real. Yeah. Like it's everywhere. And like, there's like, I mean, pizza is never really that bad, but it's never like really blows your mind, but it was, it was something. It was, it was pretty cool. You lived in New York, New Jersey. You worked in New Jersey. And even though 45 billion people do, I actually don't have many friends that have. And I've talked to you a little bit about it, man. Like, let's talk about hype. And let's talk about New York and the billions of people that live within one square kilometer. Um, what the hell was that like? That had to be different than any other experience in your life. Yeah, so it was so because I live in Michigan, then outside of Pittsburgh, my parents lived on Rhode Island, then I moved to New Jersey, and then now I'm down in North Carolina. So I will tell you, uh, it was awesome, and then it faded really quick. So I was there, I think I was like three and a half years, so I think I was 23, 24, and I was there till 27, 28, right around there. And when I first moved out there, it was, uh, what's the best way to put it? I don't even know, but like, it's, it's a completely different scene. Right. And the reason I say that is like, so I moved in, I did the whole New York thing. I found two roommates off of Craigslist. So did you really? partially, partially lucky to still be alive that like they weren't <laughs> like mass murderers or something, but moved in. Cause I was like, I don't want to live by myself. I don't want to meet people. And the first, my first ever journey to New York city was I took the path train, which is like a subway into the city to times square at like four 30 on a Friday. So like take like rush hour traffic, but now do that with sidewalks and like millions of people leaving work and like walking. And that was my first experience with New York. And I came off the subway train and like was leaving this building and I like went to like open the door and like hold it for the next person for me, which I quickly realized was a terrible mistake because there's like thousands of people behind them. And my my roommate who I just met looked at me, he's like, dude, listen, like I know you just moved here, but he's like, if you hold the door for people, you ain't getting nowhere in this town. And I'm like, okay, 
Fair enough. <laughs> That's incredible. So you were the classic Ted Mosby Midwesterner who moves to New oh, York yeah. and you're too good for your own good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's incredible. So give me one cool and one scary thing that happened to you because everyone in New York has one of those stories. Coolest thing and scariest thing. Huh. So I think, I don't think there's like one like specific cool thing about New York, but I will say this is, it is the reason New York has like this, whatever facade, whatever you want to call it, right? Is there is so many people there. So like you pick like the most obscure hobby or like interest someone could possibly have. Like, I don't know, like, Underwater, underwater bas- basket weaving, basket right? weaving to like <laughs> Shania Twain on Thursdays. <laughs> like there would be two or three different clubs of people that you could probably meet up with. And like hundreds of people would meet you for that. Right. Cause there's just so many people and like so many different unique cultures there. Right. So there's that. And then like on top okay. of it, like I would tell people like, so if, I will, I think New York now, so having lived there, loved it, but got burnt out. Cause like, like you said, I'm like this Midwestern dude, like it's just not for me, but I will tell you, it's like the best three day weekend to go on for. And that's like, you fly in on a Friday, go out to eat, have like a full Saturday and like leave Sunday. So you can like go experience it. But the crazy thing about New York is you would like walk into like a random building and be like, okay, I think like this is like a restaurant or bar. And like, it would turn into like this nightclub that goes like four stories below the ground. Really? And from the outside, it just looks like a shitty door. Really? So that actually is a thing. It's not just a movie thing. Like I'm so naive, man. I've been there once. Yeah. It's crazy. So it was, it was super fun. Like I was like a single mid to late 20 year old there. And it was awesome. So it was tons of fun, but I, I got burnt out of it. It was just like, you know, if if you if you haven't grown up there, like people grow up there, right? You never know what a yard is, but your your entire life you don't really get in a car, you get on the subway, and all those things. So it's very different compared to you know Pennsylvania or Michigan or whatever. So yeah, you don't have different. houses. You you don't have you don't ha- you don't own anything, right? Like everything yeah, is rented. You rent. you rent. You like you know most people do not own a car. So you're always taking the subway or a taxi or, you know, whatever from that perspective. So it's, it's a different lifestyle, but it's also like everything in the world is at your fingertips. Like every, think of any artist that, you know, they're going to New York city, right? Any sports team, any theater or whatever, like it's going to New York city. Yeah. That's cool. You get to see everything in anyone. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was cool from that. The scariest thing, you know, I never felt unsafe, if that makes sense. Um, but also, I'm a like a six foot four, like two hundred pound dude. Like I'm not usually like the target for someone. <laughs> you weren't ever gonna get raped on the sidewalk, <laughs> right? I mean, like, I just there's probably easier targets out there than me. <laughs> Um, but plus you you always look like a screamer so you don't want to go for the screamers they make too much oh, of dude, i am such a wuss i would definitely scream like i would just whatever let it, let it fly but i would say there was like honestly I, 
I wouldn't say scariest thing. Like I would definitely stay away from the subways past like 1 a.m. Although there was times I took it, but like you want to see some weird stuff in this world, take a subway at 1 a.m. in the morning in New York and you'll see some weird stuff. But the, the most, the grossest thing in New York was trash day. So now take like a 40 story skyscraper apartment complex and then visualize all that trash for one complex out on the side of the road. Really? But now, well, like trash bags. So it's like a, it's like a great wall of trash. It's just on the side of the fucking but, road. But now, well, they got to go pick it up. Right. So it's like sitting on the side of the street, for like the trash truck to pick it up. But now take that same sensory, but like have it be in the middle of July and like 105 degrees. Oh, oh man. So New York City invented masks. They were the first on site for masks because that just like, made you throw I up. Don't, a lot of people think China. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was born on trash day in New York City. So <laughs> like, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised at all. Gary, that was fascinating. I'm going to change it up on you because I just got a text message. This is live happening right now. The other league just sent this. It is from Barstool Sports. So Chitek, enjoy your heart on. And it is teen movie draft. You and I are going to do this teen movie draft. And we're going to decide. They did a draft, five rounds, and they have their teams, and we're going to decide who won. Okay? Wait, wait. Is this actually real or you're making this up? Yeah, I just texted it to you. I'll read the five teams, and we're going to have a discussion about who won because literally I got this as you were talking about Trash Day. Okay. So, so I'm seeing this. So they're team one, and then like that column is their team. Yes. So team one, team one, American Pie, Girl Next Door, Mean Girls, Grease, and Juno. So that's team one. It's a strong lineup. Team two, 10 Things I Hate About You, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Varsity Blues, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and fifth round, Encino Man. Is Encino Man the one with Paulie Shore? Is that... Yes, that's it's Brendan Fraser's the the caveman Pauly Shore. I can't remember who the other guy is. It's the main character, but Pauly Shore is the the best friend. Yes, uh, Team Three, Super Bad, Can't Hardly Wait, Euro Trip, Project X, and Boys in the Hood. Wow. Team Four, Breakfast Club, Friday Night Lights, She's All That, American Pie Two, which is weird. And outside Providence, which I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is Team five, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Days and Confused, Clueless, Cruel Intentions, and Scream. A couple of these teams lose right away to me, but I want your thoughts first. So you have it pulled up. Give, uh, I'm not going to say your name. Oh, my gosh. I almost blew it. Did you hear that? I, I, uh, I'm going to – something. <laughs> Because <laughs> we haven't gotten a text yet. We don't know who's going to win that headshot of Sean. By the way, Sean, if you're listening, really quickly, just take a headshot. Um, what are the What's the weakest team out there? I, I mean, I got to go with team five. Like, they have two strong first and second round picks. And, and Clues is pretty good, too. But, like, also, you know, I don't – I don't know how Scream and Cool Intentions in the team movie. I think Team Five had the best first three rounds. Yeah, like Ferris Bueller's Days and Confused and Clueless. So, so three rounds. I'll read the first three rounds. Right, American Pie, Girl Next Door, Mean Girls, Ten Things I Hate About You, Fast Times, and Varsity Blues, Super Bad, Can't Hardly Wait, and Euro Trip, 
Ooh, that's good too. Breakfast Club, Friday Night Lights, and she's all that. Team five had Ferris Bueller's Days and Confused and Clueless, but then four and five sucks. I mean, Cruel Intentions is a good movie, but it's not a good teen movie. And then Scream. Yeah. Honestly, I think Team Two is the best first three rounds. Read like, read read those out. Ten Ten Things I Hate About You. Right. I mean, come on. Great movie. Heath Ledger in his prime. Fucking fantastic movie. Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Varsity Blues. Everyone, you know, the scene where they see the teacher at the strip club. Oh, man. The whip right, bikini. I fun, agree with you. Fun fact, though, I know what you did last summer. First scary movie my parents ever let me watch, and I had to sleep in, like, their bedroom for, like, two months straight. Like, I was super scared of anyone in a trench coat. Same. And, like, that hook thing. Same and same. First scary movie I ever watched. I was horrified, petrified, and I was just like, I, I just like wouldn't leave anybody's side. That is really funny. It was a really scary movie. They're driving in the dark. All of a sudden, they just hit a guy. He has a hook. It was horrifying. Um, may I interject? Team one, American Pie, which, I mean, we still talk about Stifler's mom, right? Basically Girl next door. Oh, really? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girl Next Door just changed the way we look at Girls Next Door. That was incredible. And Mean Girls, we still quote to this day. Last week, I got a text from Oliver because I kept on talking about F1. And he was like, stop making Fetch happen. It's not going to happen. I think Team 1 has the best top three. Now, going top uh, four and five. Four and five are rough. You don't like Juno? <sighs> Juno's a great underrated movie. I love Juno and I love, love, love Encino Man. I think out of four and five, and I'll read them real quick, I think Encino might be my number one and Juno might be number two. So uh, rounds four and five, I'll read real quick through, through all five of them. Grease, I know what you did last summer, Project X, American Pie 2, Cruel Intentions. Round five, Juno, Encino Man, Boys in the Hood, Outside Providence, Scream. What are your favorites out of those? Uh, Project X, fantastic. Really? Have you ever seen it? I only saw it once. It's not memorable to me. So tell me more about it. It's just, I mean, it's a good movie. Like, it's a it, really is it that like late movie. night party thing? Yeah. And then I think it's got like the Kid Cudi song. And then like at one point they smash a garden gnome and it has like drugs in it and people go crazy. All right. That's good. I Have you ever seen Outside? Say, what? I don't know what Outside Problems is. All right, so Team Four loses. Fuck them. Okay. Well, so here's what I was gonna say is, uh, I would I think Team One wins it for me. Go on. But Team Three would have won if it wasn't for Boys in the Hood. And I don't know what Can't Hardly Wait is, although maybe I've seen it, but I don't remember it. You have. It's with Seth Green. He has. It's. He's in the picture. Uh, he wears those goggles. Um, it's the oh, main guy cool. in the middle. It's I think it's Gen- Jenny Love Hewitt. I think is the chick. Mm. Um, I want to say they have to like wait for sex or something. It's such a teen movie. You've seen it before. Seth Green with the goggles is like memorable to me. And Euro Trip. Oh my God, Euro Trip. Well, I think that's why because like Euro Trip super bad and Project X are super strong. I mean, it's overall they did a good job on the drafting. But... So pick a team. 
I think I gotta go team one. I think I'm with you, even though Greece does nothing for me. I think therefore supersede Greece. So the reason if I think the- I'm giving that the nod is: Did you ever go over to Colin and Justin's house in college, their apartment? Who is that? Tell me more. Jaworski and Iowa. Yeah, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, yeah. So we would go to their house and play like beer pong, and they would always put grease lightning on. <laughs> At their house, it's so stupid, but like, just imagine like ten dudes in college crushing grease lightning, like climbing on counters, <laughs> like all this stuff, like really stupid, but like really funny, and it was awesome every time. The weirdest uh, movie situation I was ever in was caused by me. It was senior year of college. We were having a party at our house. You've been there. And I started working. I was working at – remember I was working at Family Video throughout college? Yeah, you got me a job at Family Video. You worked at Family Video? When I, No, you worked there, got me a job there, and then quit. I got you a job at Family Video? Yeah, I worked there for like two months maybe. And the reason is because, one, you got me a job there. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to go. Sorry, I'm pouring more whiskey. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm gonna uh, go. I was, was going to ask you what you were drinking, but go ahead. I'm going to make money, and I'm going to watch movies the entire time. It was the most work I've ever done in my life. They were like slave drivers. You know what I'm talking about. They'd be like, rewind this and rewind that. And like all this stuff, vacuum and all this. It was ridiculous. I got you. It was so the worst you, job I've ever had. So you know I have a bad memory. I, ever, I think most people know this. I have really bad long-term memory. But um, I don't remember this at all, but I could tell you a lot about the slave labor that is family video. Um, I can't believe I got you a job. Why would I ever do that to you? I worked there for years, man. I love videos. I love movies so much that like getting free rentals and getting them before they came out was worth it to me. But like we were on commission. You had to sell stuff. You had to clean. You had to reorganize. You had like full shelves to change. Let's, so let's talk about this because I I want family video to burn. I'm pretty sure it's been closed <laughs> now. But uh, the the Greensburg one did close, so you'll be happy. Okay, so this was. Yeah, I'm just going to paint this picture. This was. This is when I ended up quitting family video. Was went there. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch videos, whatever, ring a few people out, yada, yada, yada. And then you got the free rentals, but if you didn't bring them back in a certain time, you got like fined, which is ridiculous because, mm-hmm. like, obviously I would never bring them back. We'd always get fined, right? Yeah. So, so we have all this stuff. But what I hated about them is like the commission thing, but also like they, they wanted to empower you to make your own decisions as an employee. Yeah, they, that's but right. They did ridiculous like you would deal with so back to our original conversation about these yinzer people in Greensburg. <laughs> people would come in that have like rented out an xbox for like three years and they just now are bringing it back and their bill is like five thousand dollars and they'd be like yeah i don't want to pay that and i'd want to be like i don't really care dude just give me the freaking xbox but they'd like want you to negotiate with these people it was ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we at Family Video had you like codes. Every employee had codes that could discount anything, and all you'd do is be able to speak to it afterwards, and that's real. And also, the Yinzers you were speaking of, it was right across the street from Callahan's. Is it Callahan's? Is that right? Is that the yeah, bar? Yeah, it's the karaoke bar. Um, where it's just like you just get trashed. It's Friday night. You get wasted. You're like, I'm gonna go over there and rent some porn, and you just come in drunk as shit like knocking over the kids section and they were open to like midnight and they were open every day. Like, do you know how many holidays I missed because of family fucking video? Yeah. Ridiculous. Let's, Speaking of, let's talk about the section you just mentioned, the adult section. So that's Creepy. okay. So, so this is the first, Creepy. so, so I was about to quit. This was the, the, the weird story I did. I was about to quit and we got to take movies home four days before they were released as long as you had them back before release day so i remember the first time i got hired harry potter just came out and i was like oh my god i get to take home harry potter on dvd before it gets to the public my wife is going to marry me right now because we weren't married yet and so i always did that the week before i was quitting who's nail and palin came out gibby do you remember that one i've heard the name it is, it was a porn parody of Sarah Palin, who was running for vice president at the time. It was gigantically, like, it was super, super famous. Everyone knew about it. And I was like, I'm checking this out. This is the best thing ever. I, I came home. Uh, my roommate, Mike Poyerkoff, was there. We had a raging party already. It was like 11 p.m. I was like, bro, you have to look at this. We actually got a copy of Who's Nail and Palin. He grabs it, puts it in the DVD player, and hits play. And the entire house party just drunkenly watches porn of who's nail and Palin all night. It was the weirdest, funniest moment ever. And she did look a lot like Sarah Palin. That was my cre- creepy story. But go ahead to the adult section. Well, do you, you remember they had like a they had like a policy that like if you weren't satisfied with the movie, you could return it. And get <laughs> oh, a new man. I know what you're going with this. But yes, yes, I remember this very well. So there was this like dude who would always come in and he would rent from said adult section every fucking week the same dude yes and then come back like 30 minutes later and be like didn't like it i'd like a new one and i'd be like man like if you've already you know done your thing and you just want a second chapter like rent it out okay dude it was the same guy Every single super week. creepy. And the best part was he said the same line, at least to me, every single time. He said, it wasn't that good. I never got through the first five minutes. And every time I wanted to be like, that's the point, bro. Like, that's the... <laughs> who makes it past the first five minutes? That's the point. That means it worked for you. Like, it was so I mean, weird, I but might, you would never. I might be making this that up, but I swear. I remember them telling me this, that the Greensburg family video was the number one grossing adult section rental family video, at least on like the eastern side of the United States, if not the United States. Like it was, it was grossly high in rental dollars. Oh, dude, I think you're right. It was its own section and I couldn't believe the traffic. And I always was kind of grossed out because this was pre- you know, 4K internet, right? This was pre like, watch whatever you want, whenever you want for free. But I couldn't believe the flow and like the dude would come in and it was always a grungy, grimy dude and no judges, right? But like, oh, come on, man. 
and I was kind of judgy. And then like a couple would come in and get a movie and like talk about which one they're picking out. And I was always like, yes, like, I don't know why, but this is different. And this is awesome. This is so much less sad. You go home and you have a great time. I will see you next week. Right. It was just a different vibe, but it was still a weird experience to be involved in. I can't believe you worked at family video and I forgot. That is incredible. There's not one thing about working at family video. That was awesome. There were zero things. So let's talk about the commission that people probably don't realize. We had to like sell packages like this $10. Was it $10 for half off rentals for 30 days? If you paid $10 or maybe it was 20, you got half off rentals for 30 days. And we got paid on that. We got like a couple bucks every single time we sold that. Do you remember that? I didn't even, I didn't attempt to sell it. I literally oh, worked there for two months, I think. Like uh-huh. I remember it was like two, maybe three months. And it was, I honestly thought it was going to be the easiest job of my life. And it was the hardest one I've ever had. Yeah, it was brutal. It was, okay, I'm trying to remember. Okay, I, I do remember now. There was three ways to make money. One was to, there was a movie of the month. I don't know how it was selected, but if you got people to rent that, it was a dollar, then you got like 50 cents or something. The other one was buy three, get one free. I can't believe I remember this. It was two seventy nine a piece and it was a specific section and like people would get one or two, but if they got a third, they would get a fourth for free. So you had to be like, Hey, if you get one more, you get in four movies for you know whatever uh, you got like a, a buck. If you ever sold a rent three, get one free. And then you got like four or five bucks in your paycheck. Every time you sold that, half off for a month and so like my calculations were on point right it was like if they have x amount of movies for x amount of dollars then it, it only cost them x amount of dollars more to get half off and it was a whole selling point and uh yeah i mean i actually made some decent college money selling that but like it was ridiculous it was a movie store and i had to push stuff right and you're in sales now so like you know <laughs> the sales life and and the real world sales life Looking back, selling videos and, and rentals is kind of uh, childish to think about. It's so stupid. I can't. I, I completely forgotten about that part of my life, and rightfully so, until we have this conversation. I'm actually <laughs> upset that I, I re- went through that experience. I remember the the manager only hired me. I'm still friends with him to this day. The manager only hired me because I played Halo, but I couldn't afford an Xbox 360, and he was like. I play Halo 2, we're going to play together. Halo also. We're going to play together, I'm going to hire you, you're going to make money, and you're going to buy an Xbox 360, and that's exactly what happened. And as you remember, I was obsessed with that fucking thing in college. Uh, have you always been in sales then? Since, I, I don't I, I don't know. No, you were you worked for the college for a while, right? Uh, yeah, I went to, I worked for the college during grad school, and then I was in marketing, and now I'm in sales. Uh, sales is rough, man. I was, I was sales for five years and hashtag never again. It's no joke. Even if you're good at it, are you good at it or do you suck? Huh. I feel like that's, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think so. Um, they haven't fired me yet. Uh, that, that means, that means sorry. you're good at it. I believe so. But the, the crazy thing about sales is, it is no matter how good you are at it, like it is geared to always make you think that you suck because they want you to want to sell more. 
that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Especially, I don't know how your setup is, but when I was in it, it's like very rarely do you get a attaboy from the manager. It was more like, hey, great job. The only thing I would say is next time, I was like, oh, you did forget to mention or like, you know, your numbers this month are great, except for that one metric. So I want to talk to you about that one. It's like, fuck you, dude. Like you're trying to put me in depression and like they try to motivate you, but it just breaks you eventually. It's it's always what have you done for me like next, right? Like it's like you're like, cool, handshake, got the deal done. They're like, cool, when's the next one coming in? So it's I would say it's 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 really challenging, which is good. And that's what I enjoy about it, I guess, from that perspective. But also it's like you definitely have to have like a strong mental state because it is a roller coaster. And you it have is to be cool with just people denying you and saying no to you all the time. So many no's. Oh, so many no's. And it drives you to drink. And what are we drinking tonight? I'm actually drinking um, a Founders KBS, and it is very alcoholic. And I'm going to start slurring my words soon. What are you drinking? Those are really good, by the way. My dad is in a. I think I sent it to you over Thanksgiving, but my dad does this beer of the month club with his buddies. So like every time you go to his house, and by the way, my dad does not drink a ton. Like he only drinks beer when I'm there or with this beer of the month club. Yeah. He has like all these ridiculous, like Vietnamese porters and KBS sitting in his basement. That's epic. I saw the picture that it looked so ridiculous. It's very good. But uh, no, I am drinking old elk whiskey. On a big rock. Is that what you? Is that your go-to? Uh, whiskey on a big rock. Yes. Oh, the the whiskey would change depending on on mood. I'm embarrassed to say I'm out of whiskey in my house right now. I got to go out and buy some, and I'm actually almost out of beer too. And wife and I were like, we've been drinking a lot, so we're thinking about not buying beer until Christmas, and I don't think that's gonna last. So some people are very picky about whiskeys so on the rocks is that your number one what's number two three and four and five how do you drink whiskeys let's rank let's rank different ways to drink whiskeys because i have very strong opinions but you're going to disagree and you are more high life than me so you're probably right uh hmm. first of all i don't think there's ever a truly wrong way to drink whiskey I don't know, man. I think that a lot of people are super pissed at you when you do like, like I've ordered like whiskey and Coke and like been just spat on in bars. And I don't understand why. I think like, but you weren't like ordering like a high class whiskey and Coke. You were just doing like a Jack or something. It's usually like usually crown Jack. Okay. Whatever. As long as you're not like, you know, I, I guess back to my same thing with like sports, like, do I enjoy I enjoy whiskey? I do. Or like, you know, people will be like, oh, you called whiskey, but it's bourbon or it's whatever. I'm like, I just I say whiskey is like the there's like a big Venn diagram, like it's all encompassing in terms of like that thing, right? And I get there's different like layers. I think people get on their high horses about stuff for like no reason. But here's where I'm at in life is like, do I do I appreciate finer whiskeys bourbon scotches whatever yes but also give me like a handle of old crow in a plastic oh, bottle and 
yeah, like I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I um I I I can't drink anything that we used to drink in college. It just it it makes me sick. I think I think whiskey on the rocks might be num- my number one, but number two is just uh, an old fashioned because Sean found this um this this old fashioned mix and just pour in there. I'm total. I know I'm cheating. I'm gonna piss people off. The 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 high class highbrow douchebags in our group are gonna flip out. But um, oh, fuck, what's the brand? Hey Mel. Go look at the um, by the whiskey. There's little old fashioned mixers. Tell me what that brand is, and it's delicious. Oh, and uh, uh, I, I am, I'm not supposed to say your name, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I'm gonna have to bleep it out. Gibby says hi. Yeah. She said, "Fuck off." I could hear that. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I think what? my my number one way is I like Manhattan's. What is Manhattan? I actually don't know. So it's similar to old. So Manhattan is just whiskey, bourbon, rye, whatever you your your brown liquor of choice is. Sweet vermouth and bitters. Okay. But I like to add either an orange peel or lemon peel to it. That's my favorite. I am embarrassingly I low with liquor. I I don't even know what vermouth is or tastes like. No idea. I guess now that you mention it, I don't know that I do either, unless it's in a Manhattan. Uh, but like you use 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 dry vermouth in a martini. Oh, okay. And then there's sweet vermouth in it's like a sweet wine essentially. Okay. So that's how I drink it. Then probably second would be whiskey on the rocks. Then maybe whiskey neat or bourbon neat, whatever the thing is. I do like an old fashioned. Have you ever had a New York sour? I have not. Tell me more. Oh my god! Tasty. Do you know what's so in it? it? Is, New York sour. I'm a good one. Yeah. So it is. Correct me because I, I hope you're so wrong. Often. I probably could be. So it is your choice of bourbon, whiskey, rye, whatever that is. Then lemon juice, right? Simple syrup, and then. So you shake this all together, and then you do egg whites to make it frothy. And then on top of it, you do a red wine float. You, first of all, nailed it. Either you are reading Wikipedia or you wrote the Wikipedia. You nailed it. That's exactly what it says. Um, am I not supposed to be grossed out by egg whites in a drink? No, you're, you're accurate for the initial first reaction. Okay. Um, but yes, because the, the first time someone told me about it, I was like, ugh. And then I tried it and I was like, oh. And it's really good. But yeah, you would. So I would say um, the only time I ever have a New York sour is if you're at like a bar where you're like, this place makes a really good cocktail. And I would assume that nowhere in Greensboro, Pennsylvania, is yep. it's that bill. So you, so you can probably never have it. You don't think Toads? And then. <laughs> Toads, yeah, definitely. I would definitely not have the right place. Uh, but no, it's really good. All right, I'm about to try that. So that's your number three. I think call me call me classy. I think my number three is just whiskey and coke because I only drink it when I'm out. 
or, or like when I'm at a wedding or something. And so that kind of just like puts me in the party mood. Like if I have a whiskey and Coke, that means I'm, I'm raging. Right. So now are you like I enjoy a this. diet or you're a regular Coke? I can't drink diet shit. I don't even know what's in diet. It tastes like penis and I just can't do it. I don't even, I don't, and I also have a conspiracy hat on me. I don't think diet, I think it's probably more cancerous and deathly than, than regular. And I don't know why it just tastes bad. What about you? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't discriminate. Oh, I just finished my beer. That was good. I finished my beer. So we should probably move on to the next section. That was only a one hour interview. That's actually, uh, you know, that's not too long. We've had worse. So what next section? So we can talk about Steelers, which I know you're dying to do. We can talk about another hour, which means anything from any football, which I know we got to talk about the Lions, and I guess that counts as Michigan. Or we can skip that entirely and just keep talking about nothing. Or we can do agree to disagree. And I know our agree to disagree is going to be controversial and unique this week. So where would you like to go in the path of this interview? Oh, I have an idea. I have an idea. Actually, I'm going to tell you what we're, what you're going to do. And it's going to be out of order, but I don't care. You ready? Yeah. So you have you heard – you said you did listen to a couple of our podcasts. Yeah. So do you know about um, my normal co-host? His name is Jonathan Ryan Newport. He usually does a commissioner's husband's update where he tells what's going on, what happened, what's coming up in the week of our pants uh, pantsless parade season are you aware of this yes would you like to be the honored guest to read this week's update i mean i will but can i ask a question this is what always and i'm slow so this is why it probably doesn't make sense to me so sean is the commissioner's husband and you guys are making a play on you guys are together oh good question good question sean ian and myself and i think jigs actually i think a, a handful of the people that are in the league were there during its inception and conception this is a really good question a, a lot of people probably have it but initially sean and ian were the first to speak of a new dynasty league and you know how it's kind of it's kind of like uh, how i met your mother where it's like dude we should open a bar right or when some idiot named piss is like, dude, we should start a podcast. It was kind of that, right? It just kind of happens. Like we should start a league. So Ian was the first. We apparently... actually did it. Yeah, that's like, true. Most of those things die the night before yeah. or the night, the day after. Correct. And, okay. and, and, and pants are optional remains. Correct. So Ian was apparently the first to say we should start a dynasty league. Sean was the second. And then Sean did literally everything to do it. He got the people, he set up the, ESPN. He did the tracker. At, since then, he's done the website. He's done the podcast. He's literally done everything. The only thing Ian ever did was say, we should start a league. So it was a huge controversy for years. Except until one year where, as you know, there's side bets, right? When you played Ian the first couple of years and now the loser has to do it. Ian had a side bet for every single game he played. That's how the Ian bet started. Ian's bet with Sean was winner gets to finally be crowned commissioner. So we didn't know who commissioner was because Ian said it was his, cause it was his idea, but Sean did everything. So the, the battle continued. Sean eventually won. He was crowned commissioner, but then we all just like complained to him and bitched to him so much. And, and Gibby, you may be able to relate to this. 
because I think we had a very similar instance in our league. We bitched and whined to Sean so much he he couldn't he didn't care anymore. He then bequeathed commissioner powers to his wife. So Katie Newport is officially, if you go to our website, she's the official pantsless parade league commissioner. And what her role is is if we cannot come up with um, an agreement for anything, if we cannot come to a majority, if we're at a stalemate of four to four, we go to her to decide the tiebreaker. That has happened literally zero times. However, she's on the website. It's her picture. It says Katie Newport, commissioner from 2016 to present. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like the Queen of England. No powers whatsoever, but she's the face. And since it's Sean's uh, wife, Sean is the commissioner's husband. Does that help kind of clear the air? It does. But now you've brought up a topic that I have to mention. (laughs) That is, is, you you probably know where I'm going, but Sean's wife is way too hot for him. And that's that's fully respectful to Sean. Like, congrats to you, sir. But every time I hear Sean and his wife, Katie, I always think of the Dave Chappelle real world episode <laughs> you know what I, had, talking about? I had sex with katie too man katie. <laughs> and i'm always like i just don't know why i think of that but it's so funny i had sex and, with yeah um he's like i did not have sex with katie no no train you did have sex with me correction i did with have sex with katie um yeah that's okay. a good line um yeah so i mean hey man you swing for the fences and sean hit the grand slam i completely agree so you know, he does things right. He married right. He does the league right. He does the website right, even though no one looks at it. He's okay at the podcast. But I'll tell you what, this is your time to shine. I want to see if you are better than the commissioner husband, Sean Newport. I have texted you the script. Are you prepared for your first commissioner's husband's update? And it's actually a little bit different because you're not the commissioner's husband. Are you ready, Gibby? Uh, I guess so. Okay. The floor is yours. Do you do like a one, two, three action, or do I just go? I mean, just, you know, do whatever you want. Just re- I'll probably add a uh, transition here, you know, with our voiceover guy, but then you, just, you can go just, just read it. Commissioner's Husband Update, brought to you by the Grass-Fed Gorillas. Welcome to this week's Commissioner's Husband's Best Friends Collegiate Soccer Teammates Update. You did really good with that. That was a, that was a, that was a long that title. Was one, two, three, four possessive apostrophe S's in one sentence. Pretty crazy. But it's accurate, and but you crushed it, so I'm proud of you. Yeah, we did it. Week 13 of the regular season is behind us, and we have a pretty good view of what the playoffs will look like. Michael G. and Sean N. Katie's husband officially closed first-round buys with Zachary N. and Christopher C. clinching third and fourth, respectively. Richard, S. period, P. period, looks poised for a five seed, which would match him up against the surprising gluten-free taste buds in round one, while Ian L. looks to squeeze into the playoffs due to Zachary L. pulling the most agrarian, that's really egregious. That's egregious. I'm sorry. I should have prepped you for oh. this. That's egregious. 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 <laughs> egregious. Just move in all fantasy football history. If Ian L holds on to six, he will battle 
Zachary M in the first round, while Michael P and That's Zachary me. L face off in the beloved toilet bowl. As we all know, the loser of that matchup will be crowned IBL, or as we know, Ian Bet Loser, <laughs> and must compete for 14 bets throughout the following season. <laughs> You're doing good. Keep dramatic it up. You're doing great. Pause. Yeah. This is great. Dramatic pause. As for records, Michael G moved up to the third longest winning streak in league history, while Ian impressed us all with the single longest losing streak ever at seven in a row. Exclamation point. <laughs> losing seven <laughs> in a row and still making playoffs should be a record of its own. Ian L sucks so badly that he can't even tank correctly. And that wraps up another week of commissioners, husbands, best friends, collegiate soccer teammates update. See you next time. You crushed it, man. You crushed it. How do you, how do you think it went? Why did you announce everyone with names and last initials? I thought it would be really hard for you to read, and so I did that. I, I did the first name, the full first name, and the last initial. I thought it would um, it would kind of catch you off guard a little bit and and make you struggle. And you know what? I was wrong. You powered right through it, but you know it was just a little little pissy antic. The other question is, how can someone lose seven in a row and still be in the playoffs? I'm really glad you sense. asked that. I'm really glad you asked that. I think he went like six and one or five and one or something. And then I don't know. We're in week 13. So seven games ago was six. I think it was like five and one or four and two, but our league is like, it's just eight. It's just eight teams. So it's very small. It's always very, very, very competitive at the bottom. So I want to talk to you about this. I want listener emails. I want our reaction. I want perspective starting with you, sir. Um, Ian was, po- he, he started tanking two weeks ago. He's trading all of his players for first round picks. He has very few players left. He's purposely losing to get to, to rebuild for next year. Cause it's dynasty, right? You know, teams do that. Teams tank. You're from Detroit. You get that, right? They tank to tank. So Ian's doing this and he's bound to be in the toilet bowl. But for some reason, Zach, Zach long wants to also be in the toilet bowl. And he's not even tanking. He's just losing. We don't know why, because it's a horrible thing to be in because of these bets. He did something last week that I always heard of people doing, and I've never seen someone do, and that is he benched every single player except for a backup quarterback, Joe Flacco. He purposely lost. He purposely scored zero points, which means he's now behind Ian by like 100 points. So that means he's going to be in the toilet bowl. What is your initial reaction to that move? Well, as you know, someone who would never – try to find a loophole in a league, personally. Uh, yeah, Fucking liar. So why, would you, why, why would you do that, though? I don't get that. Let's, let's play devil's advocate here. I, I, maybe he's bored. Maybe he wants to spice up his sex life with a couple bets. Um, maybe uh, he was – you know what? He, here's Shady. He was best friends with the guy he was playing against, so maybe there's some conspiratorial situations going there. Um, maybe Ian did a – a secret bet with him that we don't know about. I'm calling collusion. There has to be a reason. Zachary Long, you've all heard him. Who do you do it against? Chris, who is uh, the Ian bet twice already. 
but he already clinched playoffs. He was just fighting for a better seed, and he didn't get it because because Maine's beat me. So he's still going to be the four seed. I'm still trying to figure out what the point was, man. Hmm. I'd castrate him. So I was actually like pretty pissed on Sunday for one reason. If I ever did that, especially against my friend, like if I, if I did against Sean, literally people would like burn us alive, but I guess it's me and Zach in the toilet bowl now. And if I lose, I got to do 14 bets in a row. And I'm hoping you guys, the, the, the all these league members will really help me. Um, with bets, but yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a weird move to do. I don't understand why it's allowed. What do you say, Mel? All Just like <laughs> loser has to get a massage, but it, it has to be by a dude, and I'll be like, so, uh, I'm fine with it. <laughs> loser doesn't get to talk for 24 hours, and I just get to leave my family. This is good, Mel. We're gonna work together. When I lose, Mel, we're going to work together to come up with some really strong bets that look bad on the outside. Gibby, do you, have you, I mean, I know you listen to a couple pods, and I know a bitch about it. Have you ever thought about um, potential Ian bets that I could do next year? I kind of like the take that Mel is going with it, which is a new take. Yeah, just just somehow spin it so it's not – painful because i've actually been i've been um drug through the dirt in the mud in the the league that i'm in now the year that i'm in i had i lost two bets and they were both semi-easy and they're like not happy about it but i don't think there's a standard i mean can they veto bets no i like i like the way mel is going which is like whoever you're going against you guys agree that the bet's going to be like painful but like also exciting at the same time which is like loser has to eat an entire joey's pizza by themselves <laughs> oh or that's so good yeah loser must drink an entire bottle of whiskey by themselves you know what i'm saying like where it's like somewhat like you shouldn't do that but you're not gonna not do it you win when you lose type status. I get it. I like it. I think that I've talked about this a lot in the pod. I think that these bets need to be enjoyable for others. So like, I think that they've turned very cynical, very satanic where it's just pure evil throughout some of them, but I, I don't think that's fun. That someone's ever had to do. You know what? We, we actually ranked them on the pod and I think. I fuck. remember this one, but I don't remember it. I forget who was the interviewee who, who answered it. Um, but it was um, blending Thanksgiving together, Thanksgiving dinner together and drinking it was, was up there. Um, Ian chugging a six pack while running a 5k and the six pack was in his camel in my camel back, you know, the backpack that holds liquid so you can drink while you run. And it got all like frothy. He was literally drinking like frothy soap for, for, you know, Right. He, he threw up multiple times. That was up there. Um, we've had a couple Megadeth or Hottest Wings ever. And then there was one where the before the bet happened, before the, the week happened, the spouses and wives of the two com- competitors had to individually text me what they think the, the their husband or spouse um, hated eating the most. The top three things they hated eating the most. And then the loser had to combine all three and eat it. And it turned out to be like 
frosting because he had a teeth thing. It was just teeth sensitivity because we're all babies. Um, refried beans and like a tomato or something. And they had to mix that up and take a spoonful because it was their three least favorite foods. But it was unbiased because it was the wife. You know, uh, so that was pretty bad. Um, have you thought um, about like going – so like Mel's going like the, the pampering side. Have you thought about going like the extreme opposite, which is like loser has to lose an arm? or or something like just get real crazy (laughs) like could you just imagine like what i can do because i'm I'm pretty certain it's going to be me next year i can just come up with 14 extreme bets no one will ever agree and i'll be like guys i tried like i said loser gets a big toenail piercing and he just wouldn't agree he's being irrational and so there's no bet this week (laughs) but like i think you should also like find like subtly annoying things like must do everything with their left hand for a week. That's a real. That's you know actually a really fucking or good like, one. Must wear their wife's underwear for a week, but it also see, shows. See, th- that's where you get into the like. That's just a random Tuesday for me, right? So, um, I am right. left-handed, and I wear my wife's thongs, so I'm good with that. So that's so two out of fourteen. Dominant, right? Yeah, that's two out of fourteen that I'm already done with. Um, non-dominant hands a good one. Um, we did the fanny pack this year. That was good. Um, the, it's the thing is like you. There's so many things you can do, and you can be so creative. So we we get stuck, and then all of a sudden we'll just come up with something, and it'll still work, you know. But I don't want to get stagnant. I feel like we're two years away from getting stagnant with this. Two years yeah. away. You think you're two years away? I think two more years. That's 28 more bets, and I think we're going to be really struggling for ideas. But that's when I just call you and Marios and uh, all of Ollie's league. And I just say like, hey, what do we got? Marios came up with potentially the most embarrassing bet of all time. Sean is horrified that he has to do it. He is so upset. Um, uh, He has to call a radio station in. He has to call 93.7 The Fan and he has to prank them. And it's just the, the least Sean Newport thing ever. And I think Marius really came through with that. I'm really happy about it. And I'm excited to uh, to hear that happen if it ever does. Wait, doesn't he have to do it? He does, but um, I don't know if we set a deadline. Usually it's the end of the season. But the thing about hmm. Sean is he's actually good about doing his bets, but there's other people that haven't finished their bets yet either. So he's so pissed about this. And I don't blame him that he's probably going to like be like, hey, you didn't do yours. Like, I'll do mine when you do yours. And maybe they'll get all the bets done. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that'd be a fun one. That'd be a fun one. And you can trade bets now. This is a big news. So for those listening, we now set um, losing bets as a tradable commodity. So there's actually been a trade already where someone gave up like their fourth and fifth round pick next year to not have to do the bet, which is wear a brown bag over your head for the entire meetup or bar hangout or draft or whatever. Uh, so that's been traded. So that's kind of fun. It's a fun league, man. Dynasty is fun time. You can do a lot of stuff with it. Do you, or do you do anything other than regular? Always league? Uh, n- no, because I used to be really into fantasy football, and then now I'm not other than the social aspect of it. Like, I think it's a good way to stay in touch with, like, you guys and my friends from Michigan, which is good. 
but yeah, I don't have the time to do all the research and stuff. That's my favorite by far. That's my favorite part of all these league. I actually don't care about the football nearly enough. Maybe that's our old age kicking in, but like, again, I, I, sorry if I leave you out, but like the main players here, it's like, I still get to talk to Oliver, Marius, and Gibby. And I don't think I would without it. Like, we have the Mar- dumbest text start of all time. What do you think the average text per day is? Over 100, easily. It's like easily. probably 200. Easily. Like, there'll be easily. times when I will fall asleep because I go to sleep at like 8.30. Ew. And I'll wake up in the morning at like 5.30 and I'm like, I missed 150 texts. Let's see here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. It's actually not too bad. We've only missed sixteen texts since we started this. So an hour and twenty minutes, sixteen texts. So you know, if I get my handy dandy notebook out, uh, eighty-six minutes divided by sixteen. That's only a text every five minutes. Usually, it's every a text every two or three minutes. It's absurd. It's insanity. It's but but do you love it? Would you miss it if you left? Because Oliver's talking about leaving. No one knows if he's real or not. Would you miss it if you left? Oliver's not going to leave. You don't think? But he, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, he he often gets on these rants about how he sucks at fantasy football, which, by the way, he does. Um, (laughs) Let's just talk about it. He's not good at fantasy football. And I'm actually I'm actually pulling for him to make the playoffs because I would like Oliver stay around. I'm fearful that he's gonna like blow up his family if he loses again. <laughs> but also there's a part of me that wants him to lose just to see the chaos that ensues. I don't think it lasts. I really don't. If he if he truly leaves, I think it's over. I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't Do see anybody. Oliver's doing- the glue holding this league together. I think it was me and Oliver, and then when a certain Gibby and Chatek broke my spirit and literally drove me to the brink of insanity, when I quit on the league, I think Oliver's the um, – it's that final fabric strand that's barely holding the taint of your underwear together. And you're like, no, the underwear's still good. It's not a seam. It's not split. It's that one little fabric that's just barely holding your favorite piece of underwear together. That's Oliver. And if that strand cuts, man, your balls flap out and the league dissipates. And that's my concern. Not not to get into a different topic here, but how are you guys doing at home with the finances if you guys are holding on to underwear that long, by the way? It's, you know, you, ask you need me. help? I'd love to talk you to a professional fin- loan. I'd love to talk to a financial advisor. I am looking for venture cap- capitalists. Uh, you know, invest in me, invest in my future. But also, we all have our favorite underwear. Right. Talk to Lefty. I mean, Lefty can help <laughs> you guys get through the hard times. Like, I know Christmas is coming up. You can make a couple gifts for the kids. The Dad, Dad, it's Christmas. Can I have a can I have a mortgage anymore, please, Lefty? Um, are you a, a, a boxer? A brief? Are you? Do you dabble with the compression shorts? Have you ever had the dick cupping underwear that was previously advertised on this league by Zachary Long? Have you? Where, where do you lie in what in what your dick touches? Wait, what was the dick cupping underwear? There is underwear that has a extra seam that cups your balls and dick and holds it there. And if you think – so sounds weird, right? But if you think about it, 
women wear bras to hold their stuff together that jingles around. Men need to because it's always going everywhere. But this like just cups it there. It's not dangling. It's not. It holds it for you. It might be the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. It might be more comfortable than no underwear. It's my favorite What's thing the ever. Brand name? I'm gonna find it right now. There's a bunch of brands, but Zach Long, um, when he was in the podcast, he did a ad read for it. Uh, I, what am I gonna Google? Underwear dick cup. Um, underwear. underwear. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, that's, that's ham dick ham. That's a good. I'm gonna Google it. Keep talking. You never heard of these before? Do not Google underwear dick hammock. I repeat, public announcement. It did not work well. Oh, pouch underwear. That's what it's supposed to be called. Do you know what came up with a dick hammock? (laughs) No, it came up with... uh... Yeah, it, it was... Everyone Google it. 15 best men's pouch underwear for ball support and comfortable irreverentgents.com. So the brand is, let's see, ball hammock briefs. We were close. That's one of them. Four and a half stars. Sacks. That's what Zach advertised. S-A-X-X sacks, but they're expensive. Google it. Are you you Googling it? I mean, no. Does your new wife check your searching? But uh, ironically, you know, Tommy John, have you ever had any of those? Those are comfy. Do you think this would be something that you could ask your wife for for Christmas? Because this is your first Christmas as a married couple, and it's time to settle down. You don't need to get fancy. You don't need to get anything crazy. It's time to get comfy clothes for each other. Is this the time? Are you asking if I'm going to buy underwear with hammocks for my parts? Is your, I mean, is your wife, is your new wife going to buy it? Are you going to ask for Christmas? No, I'm definitely not going to ask for that for Christmas. How's married life going, buddy? So you're newly married. Horrible decision, but, you know, you do you. Is it exactly what you expected? You know, it's a um, big shocker here. Uh, I was maybe commitment averse earlier in my life. Um, if that makes sense Um, yeah but you know it is a uh, it's hard to explain but it's a really cool experience to be with someone that you really are committed to and get to spend all those experiences with for the rest of your life it's a really cool thing so cough once if she's sitting right next to you because I'm confident. She's, she's actually not. She's actually not. Uh, <laughs> I'm, co- I'm confident that was scripted. You were looking directly into her eyes. like, And then after you said that, you like silently just mouthed like, I love you. I love you. You're my no, special girl. I mean, yeah. Uh, a younger version of myself probably would have done that. But no, it's um, it's uh, it's cool, man. We We have hopefully you know pending job related stuff our forever home we got a little dog that we spoil the shit out of and you know we're just going through the stupid stuff and whatever you know 
decorating the house, putting light fixtures up, fighting over that, all those things. But it's it's cool. I'm a really good spot. It's fun. Dude, that's great to hear. So um, I'm happy for you. I'm wondering, you said you were um, commitment averse. Uh, the the person I knew in, in college, same as the person I was in college, is very different. So I'm sure it was a little scary. My question is, uh, was what was more scary? So was it getting married in September or was it skydiving, uh, which you did June, July 9th, 2013? What got your belly going more? What was the scariest part of each? Uh, you know, it's actually kind of funny because getting married actually was like at first when you got engaged and I'm like, oh shit, what am I doing, right? But the closer we got to our wedding, I was like more convicted, if that makes sense. Like as we went through the process and everything, I was like, yeah, this is the right decision. I don't have any cold feet, right? So I think it was reassuring, if that makes sense. So we were, I think, in a good spot. So I wasn't scared about it. Skydiving was, yeah, <laughs> good. Whew. Again, I still that's, think she's sitting. I still, I still think she's sitting right next to me to you. But if she's not, congratulations. That's good to hear. She's not. No, it was uh, no, it was surreal. Um, yeah, because I would say I was not very open to commitment earlier in my life. Uh, fun story. She was my when I moved down to Charlotte. She was my first date down here. On my last first date. So you just locked up the Southerner right away. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess well so. done. Uh, well done. Out. But I would tell you, so also, ironically, skydiving was similar where it was like, at first you're kind of scared. Have you ever been skydiving? No, and I'm afraid that I'm creeping into your agree to disagree discussion. So I'm sorry if I, I stole that. It was just too good of a picture not to talk about. And I am horrified of the idea. Baller. Isn't that photo awesome though? Like it's really cool. And and I'm I'm horrified by the idea, but that kind of makes me want to do it because I'm so horrified right. by it. So I sidetracked because it was a really cool photo, but I would say skydiving was very similar to marriage in a way that like at first you're like all right, should I do it? Should I not do it? But then you're up in a fucking plane. It's not like you're going to be like, well, I'm going to pass on this because I know you drove me all the way up here, but I'm just not going to. Maybe but tomorrow. You, Call me tomorrow. We'll we'll see. We'll see how I feel. And by the way, like when you get up there, they like tell you straight up, like we do not have the fuel to bring you back down. Like if you go up, you're going. We will force you back. Wow. Is that so a lie that. just to get you to go? No, like there, like so. Then I was the first one out of the plane when we went. We went to a couple people, and what's also crazy is similar to I think your wedding day is it's kind of like a blur. Like I'm sure you know, like your wedding day, or like you like you remember, but you don't fully remember. There's like a ton of things going on. Skydiving is the same way, where it's like you're in a plane, and the next thing you know, someone's like punching you in the ribs and being like, dude, like, listen to me. Like your, your body just almost kind of goes into shock, which is like, I should not be falling to the earth at this massive speed. Wow. 
so it was like it was cool so i would i would actually say i would like to go again because i feel like i didn't fully appreciate the view of falling out of a plane to like earth but it's just because your body's like i'm not supposed to be doing this yeah dude that sounds cool i don't know if i have the guts for it i know a couple of my friends that i know ian did but that's we just did it out of pennsylvania what's up you did it in pennsylvania yeah it was like just just outside of pittsburgh it wasn't too far away oh cool so i hope i didn't ruin and agree to disagree and if i did i apologize would you like to move to the uh to, to the agree disagree phase because you know we have other stuff to talk about so steelers won uh, broncos lost and the lions won their first game in a year and i think that covers all of the football talk do you, do you have anything to add with the football talk uh yeah i think you pretty much nailed it okay so do you want to go wait wait i think there's one thing we do have to hit and that is not only are the patriots doing well this year which you guys hate but also like it's setting up for a tom brady new england patriots super bowl and that was the end of the interview. And I'll, um, you're if never invited back. Implode, if that doesn't implode Pittsburgh, I don't know. <laughs> and you're never invited back. Okay. Actually, let's talk about this. For real, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. because Let's talk about this. This falls back to our previous discussion about fanatic fandom. I, on text thread and at a bar, will go apeshit nuts against Tom Brady against the Patriots. It's just like a passion. And a lot of us have that. And it's fun and it's super easy to do. But I will openly admit, just like I lost the fanatic side of Steeler Yinzer Nation, I just, if that happens, it's okay. Like, I, I don't know if it's because it's bound to happen or there's we're just running out of arguments with, with Tom Brady. Um... But I, if it happens, it's one of those things. Like, I think the number one thing is I just don't watch Sports Center anymore. Like, do you remember college? You and Campbell and Fish and Ollie and me and whoever else would just watch Sports Center four hundred hours a day, nonstop. We would watch the same top ten highlights in the morning, afternoon, and evening. Everything was sports, and and so every everything we watched was sports. So everything we cared about was sports. And now it's just not the same. So I don't know why. But if that happens, it would be annoying. I would hate it, but like I, I don't think I would lose my mind. But yeah, what would you think? Because you probably like Brady. Because wasn't he? Didn't he go to Michigan? And and you're a Michigan boy. Ian Bet Legacy, brought to you by DCR Bud Wright Rhymes. My time as the IBL is finally coming to an end. And writing these shitty rules week after week is finally over. Or is it? Number one, IBC can fuck off, unless I lose this week. And in that case, he's the smartest, most beautiful man I've ever seen. Number two, loser will become the new IBC for the entire 2022 season. 2A, IBC is in charge of coming up with all the rules for each week's bet. 2B, if there is a podcast that week, the loser will need to announce the rules on that week's show unless the pants are optional hosts want to ki- uh, want the actual IBL on it. Number three, 
each rule must include a reference to jewel and or seal pending league vote. And finally, number four. In the event of a tie, both bettors must dress as Mr. Feeney each week and announce the IBL rules for the entire 2022 season in a video chat to the entire league. Obviously, the sign-off will be their best Feeney call. It has been an honor being your IBL these past two years. And believe me, when I say this, I hope to never, ever have to do this again. Goodbye. Agree to Disagree. Brought to you by the 7th Place Scooters. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the man, the myth, the legend back. We had some audio issues where it sounded like he was about to pass out on his whiskey, but it turns out it was just an audio issue. So we missed a couple, and I'm happy about it. We missed a couple discussions about Tom Brady and how, you know, he's the worst human being ever. And, uh, you know, I'm so sorry to tell you that. But we got to jump in to this week's Agree to Disagree and I asked my co-host to do a little bit of homework. And here's where it all came down. It was, we got a text. This is going to be a long time ago. I should scroll real quick. From a Mr. Sean, Newport, uh, Sean Pratt, I'm sorry. I'm trying to scroll and talk at the same time. And he talked about something about like a, a boy band Christmas carol. I mean, did you hear about this, Gibby? No. Supposedly, it was, it was like a Christmas thing with all boy bands. And I said, you know what? I, I know this is going to sound ridiculous because it's me, but I actually never got into the boy bands. Were you a big boy band guy? Uh, are you asking if I would own up to it or if I actually was? No, no judges here. I mean, honestly, I should be one. I'm just not. When I was growing up, I would make fun of my sister for it. But if I was ever at karaoke night in college, like what was the song you're going to sing? It's like NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. That was a kick group of three to four dudes. Oh, no, I agree with that. I When I say, like, I know the words too, and I will absolutely have some beer and sing along. But my thing is, like, I didn't know the, the people, the, 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 names of the boy bands i didn't have like a favorite one everyone was like justin and liam or whatever the fuck was named lonnie or whatever i didn't know who what team he was on like were you kind of into it more than i was or no uh i mean i knew backstreet boys and nsync so you knew it okay you did too act like you didn't know their names I really, I, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I really don't. If you say their names, if let's play a game. Do you do you remember their names enough to say them? Because I'll try to guess you, which one they were. Or. Oh, you don't know who Justin Timberlake is? Of course, Justin. And then Lance. Okay. Lance was the other one on the other team. Bass. Was he? You don't was know he Nick Backstreet Lachey? Boys? Okay, Nicholas Shea. Um, was he in sync? You don't know Aaron Carter. That's how he I beat part- Shaq. Aaron his Carter was a Nick boy. Carter, his brother Nick Carter was a part of the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I'm learning this literally today, you, December seventh. Oh Honestly, the fact that you are lying about this through your oh, team, I would never lie. I would never lie. Your show. Do you, I thought this you was know an me? open and honest <laughs> podcast. No, At the do you know me? We talked about how you guys hit <laughs> the important topics, and this is. 
media free journalism. And now I'm you're just, gonna lie to us. You're gonna I'm lie just to your getting listeners. paid off. I'm just getting paid off. No, okay. So you have to change your perspective on this though, because first of all, I'm not lying. I would be so proud to admit this. You know me. I'm like I'm flamboyantly weird. But the second thing is it was uncool of me. Oh, I found the text. It was Pratt on Monday, last night, 8.08 p.m. He said, are you watching Boy Band Xmas? I feel like you might enjoy it. He said, all the 90s Boy Bands Christmas special on TV. I said, that's great, but believe it or not, I never got into the boy pa- boy thing. And Ian said I was a liar. Everyone said I was a liar. Um, but it was the cool thing to know about them. So it actually made me like uncool because I didn't know about them, and I was like self-conscious about it. So which one was Nick Carter? Which, which- Backstreet Boys, bro. Was Lance Backstreet Boys as well? He was in sync. Was uh, Nick Lachey. 98 degrees, bro. Oh, my God. See? Okay, so you do know. Okay, cool. Well, that's where this all came from. Um, and... I didn't live under a rock. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I did. No, I'm not judging, and I, I, I'm asking not to, to get judged because I should know these. But what brought... Do you know the song Girls of Summer, LFO? I like girls and this way that be crumbly and fetch. Is that what it is? Bitch. Yeah, see? Oh, see? Yeah, best you know, way wish. All of a sudden, in the summer. Right. The summer. In the summer. I like. What's the next lyric? I forget. It's, I like. Oh, come on, listeners. You know okay. it. <sighs> all right. Um, do you? I don't. Um, okay. So what I said was let's use that text because as you all know, we all like. Um, to use PPL text thread to come up with a, a, a similar, but not the exact same, but a, a similar agree, disagree. This week's one is, um, you know, we were just talking about these songs. You mention a song and all of a sudden you're singing it and you know the lyrics. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But those bands had a few very, very big hits. What about one hit wonders? So I challenged my new co-host to come up with three of the top one hit wonders ever where they did nothing else but came out with this song and we all know the song we may not even know the artist and they did nothing else so that's what brings us to this week's agree to disagree was that a good setup and uh do you have anything to add because i usually let the co-host go first with his number three i think it was a good setup but i would like to point out that katie uh, I don't know if you heard, but I am now the new co-host. So if you're looking to jump ship <laughs> away from Sean, I am now the new co-host. Just a FYI. So I guess <laughs> your wife isn't sitting next to you, and now I know this. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's probably true. All right. All right. So uh, I will challenge you to go with your top three, starting with your number three. But you had some honorable mentions. This was a hard I- list. Do I run all three at one time or like how does this go? Does it go back and forth? It goes back and forth, but why don't you get your honorable mentions out of the way? Cause they're solid and I will make sure that my three don't include those. So I may go off script here, but here's what I will tell you. When you texted me this to do my research, which I appreciate what I learned is it's harder to pick a one hit wonder. Cause you're like, damn, do they have any other songs or not? So I like did some research, right? I will tell you the 90s had an explosion of one-hit wonders, right? And maybe that's because, like, I grew up in the 90s. But two, it makes me want to just dedicate myself to making one song so I can make millions of dollars off of, like, 
one song and not have You only need one. You only, you only need, one, need right? one. Yeah, you just have to hit the lottery, right? So there's that. But I think so here's my honorable mentions that I think just have to be named. And first up is Mambo number five. Because Great. that was the first song I ever made my parents call into a radio station about to request it. And they actually took our request, right? So like, think about this. We're like in a minivan. I'm in like fourth grade. I make my parents call into this radio station. They pick up the song plays, right? So have to do that. That's magical. That must have felt so cool, man. This was pre-on-demand. That must have felt so cool. It was like the only time my sister and I ever agreed on something, and that was calling in for Mama Number Five. Uh, I love it. Second is "Baby Got Back" by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Almost made top three. Was difficult, but I mean, we know great tune, great tune. Worth it. But third has to be mentioned: Cisco Thong Song. Oh, good one. Dumps like a truck. Right, Just, I mean, just drop. let me see that song. Just the fact that he could make an entire song about thongs. Impressive. If I may, I think week number one, Pissy versus his opponent, is being in a thong, singing the thong song. How do we feel and, about and that? And you must dye your hair the like silver bullet gray. I'm in. I don't know who my week one matchup is, but expect it coming. So that was a great list. I appreciate it. I think that I'll let you go with your honorable mentions, but for the for R3, we should at least sing a, quite a bit of each song. I mean, that's just appropriate for our listeners. I know they're dying for it. They're asking for it. So we might as well. So with that, what is your number three? And then we'll, you'll, you'll say number three, and then I'll say my three, two. You'll say two, one. I'll say my one, and then we'll only debate number one. That's how agree to disagree yeah. works. So what's your number three? Okay, so this was, I moved this up and down multiple times, but (laughs) the reason I have to say this is because it just, it invigorates you as a human being, but I believe in a thing called love by the darkness. It's so good. It's so good. Like it just, it, it gets you going. And I don't know if they're a one hit wonder or not, because I'm not really into that type of music, but. I have to think there's no way they made another song. I think you're right. And I'll give it to you. If not, they were like this, like eighties rocks in the, the two thousands, right? They had that eighties style and they were like, right. God, just listen to me. Do we also agree though, that, you know, like the Dr. Pepper, like sweet commercials. I'm pretty sure they were the inspiration for that. Why do you think that? Sweet. You know what I'm saying? Like back for it's sweet. Just, just, just oh, just a high pitch kind of squeal. And all that stuff. Yeah. I think I think that I believe it. I think God. Okay, I'll give that to you. That's a great number three. I appreciate you coming and swinging. You're you're doing great job so far. Um, that's a really good one. I think my number three, I don't know if it uh I'm between three. I don't even know what my number one is yet, but I, I think I do. Um I'm gonna go super easy with this one. It's lame, but we've all listened to it and danced to it time and time and time again, so it counts. The Macarena. I know it's a yeah. I know it's a weak answer, but like it's 
it's the i don't even know what band it was but it's like their only song and we all know how to do it and it's from like the 70s and it's still around so i'll give it to the macarena but i I don't love that answer but i do like my number two a lot yeah i just i just decided what my number one is but my so my number two right now and i'm gonna say it wrong uh chumbawamba thump thump tub thumping now, if you don't know what that title is, you will know the song when I start singing it right now. But it's one of those things where it's like different vocalists, weird beat. There's no chorus, really. It's the one that's like, it just like comes in kind of like a spaceship. Like a, we'll be singing when we're winning. We'll be singing. It's like, ba 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 ba. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Like, Everyone knows the lyrics to that song. Everyone will sing it when it comes on. In fact, the next time I go to the bar, I'm playing on the jukebox. It's a fantastic one-hit wonder, Gibby. No, it's it's good. I mean, I won't. I wouldn't debate it. I guess right because it's a it's a good one-hit wonder. Okay. Although I'm, although I'm questioning you as a person, the fact that Macarena makes your top three. Like, understand One Hit Wonder completely, but no way that's a top three. Yeah, that was a super weak top three. I, I didn't love it, but when I saw it, I was like, dude, like, every, I guess what I was thinking of was, like, everyone knows, everyone sings along with One Hit Wonders. That's one of the very few that you dance to and everyone can, and it's just weird. It's a weird fucking song. It shouldn't be popular, except they made a dance to it. You know, it's dumb. I agree. It's a stupid number three. What's your number two? Wait, that was that was your argument for it. I like just well, just say I, sorry. I made a mistake. Okay, because Michael Oliver showed me how to do this in my life. I will okay. now say, right. you're right, and I'm sorry. I've been okay. I've been Thank I stand corrected. <laughs> so, but I will I will stay. I will stand like, strong on my number two. <laughs> like if the Macarena, if the if the agreed disagree was. Dances that everyone could instantly do. Macarena top three. Yeah. But song, one hit wonder about it. I apologize for everything I just said. What's your yeah. number two? Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number two is Closing Time by Summer Song. Oh, man. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. Alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Love it. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but, but you, you can, can stay, stay here. Great, great, great tune, great so, tune. But also, I was a bartender, so you know, it has you know, sentimental value. And you got to actually kick them out after that song. Like everyone knew that it was time to go. Can we? Side note: I know I'm probably not supposed to do this, but. Can we talk about like close your eyes, right? You are you closing your eyes? Of course, you can see me. All right, you're closing your eyes. Listeners, close your eyes. Think about that time in college when you're at the bar, potentially Perry's, maybe Toads. I don't know. It's one thirty in the morning, and you hear the record, and all of a sudden the lights pop on in the bar. And that song's playing, and you're like, holy fuck, where am I? Why am I still here? Like, can't you vividly remember that moment in life when you're like, I should not be here. Why am I here? 
Like it's such a sobering moment when closing time hits at a bar. Dude, like closing out a bar is such an experience because you're just like zen and zoned and everything's dark, dimly lit. And so to you, everyone's attractive and everything looks nice. And then the lights come on and it's the dirtiest place and the grossest people. And you're like, I got to get the fuck out of here. What am I doing? I'm going to go get cheats. I'm going to go get cheats real quick. <laughs> That's such a good answer, man. Okay. You have a great two and three. I have a great two, horrible three, but that's not what we debate. Agree to disagree is about debating the number one. So you're going to list your number one. State your case. I'm going to list my number one. State my case. We'll debate and we'll see if we can agree to disagree or if we can agree on one. So as my co-host, cohort, and co-legacy, what is your number one? So I will say, I will preface it with, I can understand how people would maybe say this is not a one-hit wonder. But this is the first CD I ever bought. It's the only song I ever listened to that they made. And that is All Star by Smash Mouth. What a fucking song. Hey now, you ain't all star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, no all star. Get your game on. Go play. All that glitters is gold. How many shooting stars break the mouth? Okay. Can we ask, so what I never got is, was it Ben Stiller, like, in the music video? Because it was for, like, a superhero movie, wasn't it? Oh, no way. Was it really? I swear. But I never understood that. But what I'm saying is, Smash Mouth had other songs, but... The only real song they had was All Star. You are right. Ben Stiller is in the music Smash Mouth All Star. But there's no reasoning. Wait, there is a fandom wiki page just about the song All Star. So let's do it. 1999. Um, Oh my god! Do you know what that video was to promote? It is a movie that is incredible in the most god-awful way. It just hit Netflix, actually. Do you remember the movie Mystery Men? Oh, I, I don't remember it, but I know it. Everyone turn off the pod, go watch Mystery Men on Netflix, then come back and hit play. It was like men in a weird kind of comic book right. style city. that it was had like really- a mole. Yes. Wasn't like Andy Dick a part of it? Yes. Um, um, Dane Cook was in it. No, Dane Cook was in the, the – I'm reading the wrong thing. Dane Cook was in the, the music video. Um, what's the fucking guy's name? from snl is in it and then the guy that plays the uh it's fa- <laughs> a little older than that uh the guy that plays the pharaoh in um night at the museum he is in it ben stiller plays a guy who just gets really angry his power is that he's really mad it's a right. weird movie okay that's a really good one um before going off on tangent here i will list my number one the we'll debate and uh I feel real confident. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I don't know of a human being that has not listened to this song, made up lyrics as they go because they don't know what it's about, and probably doesn't even know the artist's name because it's so random. But Wait, can I guess before you say it? If you guess it, I'll be so fucking impressed. Yes. Come on, Eileen. Oh, that's a really good one, too. No. Um... 
Come on, Eileen was on my list. Um, and then um, Sweet Caroline isn't a one hit wonder, but it's one of those songs where it's like fucking everyone knows it and sings it. So those are my two, like, I would say honorable mentions if I had it. That's a really good guess. No, this one is a little newer. It's a, a, sung by a band called Eiffel. And it is Blue Daba D. So. You are so G word A. Listen up. Here's a story about a little guy that lives in the blue world. I mean, there's no sense to this song. There's no sense to the music. There's no sense to the music video. But everything is blue and himself and everybody around because he ain't got nobody to listen. I'm blue. Tell me I'm wrong. In what way? I mean, tell me that's not the biggest one-hit wonder of all time where it was so popular for no reason. It might have been... It had to be the most like spontaneous singing song of all, of all time where just people would start singing it. Anytime like any dabbadees or any pause would happen with like a beat, it would just be like... Um, blue. Every time someone said the word blue, everyone started singing it. It's the best one-hit wonder of all time. No, I refuse. Like vehemently. Like okay, state, oil versus water. State your case. This is where we fight. Yeah, let's fight about it. Let's name multiple songs. Come on, Eileen. I mean, you can't tell me that that's more popular than mine, and also your number one. Tell me why. All Star is more of a one-hit wonder than this fucker. Blue Abba Dee Baba Da. Do you know this song? Yeah, I know the song. I'm okay. saying Cotton Eye Joe is more popular than that. <laughs> no, everyone knows. I'm the- saying Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, that's a great one, the Verve. Blind Melon. Okay, but here's my problem with your list. I, you you said it already, but you know your one hit wonder is like a seven hit wonder. Um, just come top of my head with Smash Mouth. I can't get enough of you, baby. I can't get en- that's a very popular song. The other one was on the radio all the time. It came out before All Star, and it's Walking on the Sun. I be walking on the sun. Like both of those songs are popular. You chose a really good seven-hit wonder, but not a one-hit wonder. Mine, I don't know if Eiffel 65 ever did anything else the rest of their life. Well, I mean, look, I started my conversation with, I don't know if they technically meet the one-hit wonder category, but I'm stretching the truth. But for you to sit there and look at yourself in the mirror and say, Eiffel 65, blue, abba-dee-baba-die, is the number one one hint wonder of all time is heinous. It's, <laughs> it's criminal. You think it's that bad of a choice? I, I really Terrible. feel strong. I really Tainted feel strong. Love. <laughs> Mamba number five, thong song. I really feel Final strongly about no this. rain. I feel stronger. That... <sighs> the, the song about the people banging on the Discovery Channel. Oh God. Um, what is that? You and me, baby, ain't nothing but man- got mammals. Right. Way better than Eiffel, whatever you got. Hold on. I'm Googling. 
and like I know all my friends know this shit, so they're probably like, I can't believe you don't know all the blah blah blah. Um, you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. Is that what it's really called? No, the by the Bloodhound Gang. Bloodhound Gang. I mean, even maybe Fred Durst, Limbiscuit. You know. I mean, he had like seventy-five hits. I, I think. Roll for the nookie. I think. I think something so general like a color blue comes up so much. Here's my debate. It comes up so much. The word thong doesn't come up a, a lot. Eileen doesn't come up a lot. Like all of these songs have like a reference that kicks you in gear. And I think All Star is a great choice because we we quote it all the time. We still sing it today. But blue just always comes up. And also it's a phrase like, oh, I'm blue. I'm like, I'm feeling down. And like you can't not be like, da ba dee da ba die. So it just it gets referenced so much that it just kicks in your head. I think that I'm sticking to my laurels here. I'm leaning towards All Star if you can make a good argument, but I think that you didn't choose a good enough one hit wonder. Okay. Let's let's take a step back here. Your your argument rests on that you think people <laughs> are blue. <laughs> So I, I would like to. I would like to know the last time you said "I'm blue." Even when I said it, it sounded bad. No, you're please, right. Please, please. I would. I would like for you to tell me the last time you said, "Oh, Mel, I'm just blue today." <laughs> even when I said it, I was like, "Oh, that didn't even sound normal." I was trying so right. hard to figure out when the word "blue" comes up and the lyrics come up. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So now, so when was the last time you said "I'm blue"? How about and all the then? How about all and the time? I would like you to hold on. I would like you to then respond after that with after you said I'm blue, you then said Abadi Babada. It's Dabadi, first of all. You okay, ignorant. Right. Oh, ignorant. sorry. Ignorant. Sorry. It's Dabadi. Second uncultured swine. How about, how about all the other times? You're driving down the road and you just happen to see a blue Corvette. I mean, what are you gonna do other than sing? In a blue Corvette and everything is blue. I mean, it's just it's... right, right. Now, I, Can, now I get what you're saying. Can I be now honest? That now that you brought that metaphorical masterpiece to my mind, can I be honest? Corvette. Yeah, I have two things. Um, that was such a poor argument on my part that I actually started crying, laughing so hard when you just tore it apart. So I think that's the first time I've cried on the pod. Maybe not the first, but it's close. Second of all, I'm going to give you this win. Um, All-Star will reign supreme. Even though I don't consider a one-hit wonder, I got to give it to you. So I bequeath your first ever agree to disagree. I bequeath a win to you, sir. And uh, with that, that means you get 30 seconds of saying whatever you want. And then at the end, you just say pants are optional, and that's the end of the podcast. So go ahead, 30 seconds on you, and then say pants are optional, and then just, uh Yeah. Well, I think, uh, first of all, thank you. I uh, appreciate being on the podcast. It's been, been a ton of fun. L- long-time listener, first-time caller, you know, that type of thing. And uh, really excited to be on. But I would say uh, I think your humbleness to be open to a debate and, and calling yourself wrong in a very very bad way is uh just an honor to our friend michael oliver who hopefully he's out there we hope he's not on the ledge right now 
despite his four-game losing streak and, and missing the playoffs again, he's so bad. But, uh, you know, it is a tribute to him. He's, he's that type of guy. He's humble enough to say when he's wrong. So we appreciate that. Uh, that That's all I really had is say, you know, honor to Mike Oliver. We hope he can stay the commissioner of our league. Uh, and that's really all I got, you know, to be honest. Just uh, stay humble, stay hungry, bing bong. <laughs> you forgot the pants are optional part, but I'll do it for you. Uh, as oh, you all know. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, pants are optional. But on a technicality speaking, shorts are allowed. Big thanks to David from Retro Voice for providing us with our voiceovers. You can find David on Fiverr by searching for Retro Voice. That's R-E-T-R-O-V-O-I-C-E, one word, no spaces. Retro Voice for all your voiceover needs. And a huge shout out to Justin Shaw of Audionautics.com for creating all of our music on today's show. That's Audionautics, A-U-D-I-O-N-A-U-T-I-X.com. A fantastic website where you can search for and download hundreds of royalty-free audio clips. Thank you, David and Justin, and we'll see you all next time on Pants Are Optional.